Welcome to PageCast at Kingsmead Book Fair, proudly brought to you by Jonathan Ball Publishers. I'm Bumi, and I have the pleasure of chatting with Casey Chaisana regarding his latest book, The CEO X Factor. Hi, Casey. Hi, Bumi. How have you been finding your day, Casey? I mean, oh, you've already had a session. Yeah, I've had an awesome day so far. Already hosted one session, uh, one hour, with some three very good authors writing about billionaires, and then uh, signed some books, bought some books chatted to lots of bibliophiles who are into books. So it's been a great day and now I'm talking to you. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Let's get into it. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me um, about the inspiration behind writing The CEO X Factor okay. and why you chose to focus on those specific CEOs from the biggest companies in South Africa? Okay, so I wrote Masters of Money, my mm -hmm. first book, also through uh, Jonathan Ball. Great uh, response. The reason why I wrote that book is because I... I'm a financial reporting expert and I work with CFOs on a daily basis. So I thought they had a story to tell. After speaking to them and um, having spoken to the people who read my first book, uh, there was a lot of interest in doing a proper CEO book. And it turns out there's not a CEO book that's focused on C a broad range of CEOs who are running big companies. Some of them started these companies. So they're also, other than being CEOs, they're also entrepreneurs. So I thought there would be a book idea there that people may be interested in reading about. Okay, that's fantastic. Did you find it easy to actually have access to these uh, CEOs or was it quite a daunting and challenging process? Yeah, CEOs are big personalities. Mm. They've got uh, very full diaries, as you can imagine, right? They're running big companies. They're running Vodacom, which is, you know, one of the biggest companies in Africa. There's 100%. people running Capitec Bank. Yeah, so they are busy people. So for them to give you an hour of their day, you're asking for, for a lot. So that's not easy, but uh, we were flexible. I think being in the virtual space now, I think it would have been more difficult if this book was being written before COVID when people were not into mm -hmm. virtual meetings. But now at virtual meetings, it's easy. I mean, the guy can have his meeting wherever he is in Cape Town. He can schedule me in for an hour. He can quickly log on uh, to, to, to Teams or Zoom or wherever we get the interview done. And so that has really helped. Also, having written a book previously, yeah. that was helpful because then the CFOs of those companies were able to put me in touch with their CEOs. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. And how did you go about selecting these specific CEOs Yeah, so, outside of the CFO's connections? Yeah, so the CFO connections, that's correct. That's one of them. Two, just reading a lot because you don't want to put on your book someone who um, later on turns out to be a Steinhoff or whatever. So that just, it, it will just kill the credibility of, of your work. So also sifting through the integrity, having read, I mean, a lot of these CEOs and companies are in the public domain. You can go and find out a lot of information about them and then, then you can make your choice. And then also just looking at which are the big companies in the different industries. So I've got mining, I've got banking, I've got um, health, I've got um, telecommunications, I've got financial institutions, you name it. So that's yeah. to en ensure that I get a broad var variety. Then also 
not the same type of character, you know. Don't get just, you know, 31 old white males telling their stories. You 100%. know, get young black females, get um, uh, black people, get um, Indian people, whatever. People from different backgrounds, different provinces. So getting a real variety of what the X factor from a broad base of um, interviewees is what I was looking for. Okay, thank you. Um, I mean, having read your book, it is really diverse and representative of like the South African landscape, which as a reader, you truly appreciate, you know? Oh, great. Is there a specific criteria that you had to like tick certain boxes to make sure that, you know, these are the CEOs that I get to interview? Yeah. So I would say the criteria one big company CEO. So, I mean, there are people who are CEOs of small, I mean, you know, got two, three, four employees. I mean, not to say that they don't have a story, but my focus was the big companies with big problems, big issues. The impact of those companies is transcending. It's one where it's something that can impact, you know, a a country. So, for Mm -hmm. example, if you're looking at something in the realm of Steinhoff, the actions of the CEO of Steinhoff led to a lot of our pensions suffering, right? So so the actions of that kind of CEO, is uh, it has a reverberating effect. The actions of the CEO of Vodacom, for example, would have a real effect on your personal pocket. I mean, your... Uh, most people have a pension fund. Their pensions have been invested in these type of companies. So it's important to read uh, about the actions of the people who are actually, you know, pulling the strings on your pension. That's what I was looking for. Then, as I said earlier, integrity was yeah. also very important, right? Um, it, look, you 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 don't know everything about everyone, so you're also making assumptions. But there may be red flags that you can be able to pick up. People will tell you, no, I don't think that that's the type of character that you want to have in your book because he's, you know, he's dodgy. Maybe he's got a sexual harassment claim or whatever, you know. So any uh, indications that there are red flags, you don't want to really capture the thoughts of people who are of uh, questionable characters. Yeah. So those are those are mainly the two things that I had in mind. And then, as I said, think the diversity is also another thing I was looking for. Okay, thank you. And um, what are some common strategies for success that emerged from your interviews with these CEOs? Yeah, so that's interesting because that's the crux of the book, right? Yeah. The book says, I'm going to give you the secrets for success from South Africa's top money makers. And these are not money makers just for themselves. I mean, they earn very good salaries. There's some people who earn 5 million rand a month for their jobs. Yeah. I mean, they're really well paid, but they are really ma- making money for the companies and making money for you and I, given, as I said earlier, I mean, the actions of a, a certain CEO impact you. I mean, they determine the pricing mm-hmm. of uh, the goods that we buy, for example. So, you know, that they have a real impact on on money. So um, coming to your secrets for success, they, they did not agree amongst the 31 of them, yes. right? Um, some of them think one thing is more important than the other, 100%. right? But there are 31, so maybe three, four, five agree on one thing, right? So there are people who've pointed to different things. So for example, Capitech, they, the guy says simplicity, right? Just as an example, says simplicity is the secret to success. Because for example, imagine you have an app on your phone and it's difficult to use. Are you going to use that app? You'll probably delete it. I mean, imagine you're trying to do something and it takes you so long to do it. The easier it is, the simpler it is for the end user, the more likely that they're going to use your product. So for him, the secret to success is simplifying things. What is complex in financial services and how can I simplify it, right? And they give he gives real examples because that's the one thing that I ask the CEOs to do. Yes. 
Give me an example. So don't just tell me something out of a textbook and say, oh yeah, it's good to keep things simple and so on. Give me a real example of how you simplify things. So simple things that they gave me, for example, when you go to Capitech, when you look, the person on the other side is looking at the screen, you are looking at the exact same screen, right? So you can immediately, that communication is much better. The transparency is there because then they are actually looking, you're looking at the same thing, right? So that's just a simple example of what they've done in the banking sector that has made life easier for the customer takes a shorter time because, of course, if someone's clicking, misspelling your name while they're searching for your account, you'll immediately tell them, no, 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 Chesina is spelled with one S, not two and whatever. So those are kind of things that I was looking at. Other people have rules. They say, these are my six rules uh, that go into me uh, being successful. And they give you six eyes or someone said, I've got nine commandments and I've documented all that in the book. That's fantastic. And um, are there any unique or unexpected insights that mm. readers can look forward to discovering? Yeah, there's, a, there's a, I mean, some things, for example, is that the CEOs are, are like you and me. I think sometimes you think we place them mm. on a pedestal and uh, you think that, you know, maybe I can't be a CEO because, for example, I didn't study accounting. I'm not a chartered accountant. Now, my first book, Masters of Money, CFOs, I had 31 CFOs there. Only one of them was not an accountant. Wow. Yeah. And with CEOs, I think there's maybe two or three who are actually accountants. There's people who even who studied. I mean, there's the guy who was the CEO of Sunlam in Emerging Markets. And this guy studied agriculture in varsity. So it's interesting. I mean, I found that fascinating that someone who went and studied agriculture, who you'd think would be maybe a food biologist or it'd be a farmer and so on, is actually running a really huge, one of Africa's biggest uh, pension fund and life insurance uh, schemes. So those are things that I, I found interesting that uh, even even in their current lives, they are also kind of like you and I. You ask them, what do you do uh, socially? And they'll say, oh, no, I, I when I get home, I binge watch The Wife, you know? Yeah. Um, I watch soapies. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I didn't think, I th- you'd think that those soapies are for people who perhaps are not at that level, but um, they also like the simple things in life. And they also go through the same struggles that you and I do. Some of them have had health scares um, that, that money cannot buy the health care for. So it's to say like, you know, live life when you've got it, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, when tragedy strikes, it can strike for anyone. So there was a lot of also personal stories that I found quite interesting and yes. surprising. Yeah, I think um, a lot of CEOs like go through their own personal journeys and in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the highlights for me was um, one of the CEOs saying that you can't strike a work-life balance. Yeah. It's a work-life rhythm. Exactly. And I found that so like, wow, like, <laughs> you know, it's such a good way to look at things, you know? Yeah. Um. In your book, you also mention, you speak about effective communication and leadership um, in, you know, the uh, CEO world. Mm -hmm. Can you share some key takeaways from the space for us? Yeah, you're talking about leadership. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's a very key thing that uh, comes out in the book because all these people are leaders. They all have varying um, leadership styles. Yes. Uh, And I like the fact that some of them did not point to... um, the normal things that you hear about on leadership, you know, 100%. yeah, talking about, you know, you know, the kind of stuff that you hear that are good voice pops. I mean, for example, the guy who runs Harmony Gold, which is the biggest gold mining company in the world, talks about how his sense of humor has really helped him uh, in leadership, right? I mean, 
people are always so uptight. There's so much stress. If you're in the gold space, there's very limited things that you can control because gold does well when the gold price is high. What can you do to influence the gold price? Really nothing, yeah. right? So focus on what you can be able to control, right? So for them, their success is dependent on making sure that they get, you know, product out cheaper, right? Yes. So it's managing expenses, for example, right? And then also a real understanding of your business, real understanding of your people, right? Culture, for example, is one thing that is really stressed by a number of CEOs. Yes. We talk about culture is also something that you can't really put a finger on. If I ask you about your company culture, I mean, you can give me a bullet point of things, but it's really just an experience. It's like a liquid. It's like being thrown into some liquid and you're blindfolded and someone's asking you to describe what the liquid is. That's what culture is. So they talk about having a culture where people really enjoy where they are. That is really leadership. And then identifying where they want to go. They really need to feel in an organization that the organization is helping them on an individual level because innately we are selfish people. If something's not working for me, I'm not going to stick around. Yes. So for a leader, that's a challenge that you have, right? You need to marry the objectives of the organization, the objectives of you as a leader, together with the objectives that the people that you're leading. If they don't feel like you're influencing them positively, if you're not taking them from point A to B, you're not taking them there, they're not going to stick around and they're not going to follow. Yeah, so that those are things that I found interesting. Yeah, that's very like insightful. And mm -hmm. um, at the end of each chapter, it may not be all of them, but you decide to not focus on the actual accolades, but mm. on the actual person and, you know, the personality and what you said, like in terms of their social life. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to use this approach? Yeah, I mean, people also want to be um, fly in the wall type thing. I mean, your job as an author is to basically be a representative of the people who are going to buy your book. Mm. I mean, if everyone who was going to buy this book had the opportunity to spend an hour, right, with each of these people, right, of course, these people cannot spend an hour with I don't know, the thousands of people who will buy the book. So you're their agent, right? And the, the, with that agency, how I have to use it is not to put in things that these people can be able to go and gather elsewhere, right? They want to know about this person. So there's different reasons why someone buys the book. You could be a CEO yourself and you're trying to see what other CEOs are doing, what they're thinking. You could be an aspiring CEO or you could just be a person who's interested in reading about this person like i mean nelson mandela it's not like we all want to become mandelas and become president yes. and liberate the country but we, people buy you know long walk to freedom because they were thinking let's let's read about this guy's journey and wow i mean he came from the eastern cape 27 years in jail and so on so i mean we don't really have nelson mandelas in my book but there are all those those type of nuggets and those type of personal stories that people find interesting of, oh, okay, this guy came, you know, from uh, Eastern Cape and uh, this is how his life was. His life was going in the wrong way. I'm talking about Mtetonyati. He was, you know, he was smoking. He wasn't serious in school. And what was the turning point and what made him one of South Africa's biggest business leaders? So that understanding that journey is something that, you know, you need to capture in the book. I love that uh, that you say that, you know, you as an author, you act as an agent yeah. for the reader. 
If you had to interview a CEO outside of South Africa, who would be the first person that you interview? Oh, okay. Well, maybe right now it would be Elon Musk because, of okay. course, he's that CEO who's who's doing all crazy things, and <laughs> it would be right really nice to hear what's happening um, inside his mind. I'd really like, from an African perspective, to spend an hour with Aliko Ndangote. Okay, right. That would be uh, uh, someone that I mean, he's Africa's richest man. He's not just an entrepreneur; he's also a CEO. He also gets his hands dirty. In the businesses that he's he's involved in, so that is someone also I, I would also be um, be keen to to find out what he believes is the X factor for success because that's what the, the book is 100%. about. What is the X factor? Because I can ask you many things, but what's the underlying theme of the book? The underlying theme of my book was to try and find out what is that X factor for success. And is there a common thread with the X factor? Did you find that there's a lot of repetition? I mean, there's a lot of repetition in some things, mm -hmm. but that's why the book had to be practical, okay. right? So I can ask uh, five of you, you know, what is the secret to your success? And you'll say hard work, right? Yes. So hard work is, a lot of people cite hard work as, you know, an X factor to success, but break it down, right? Hard work for you doesn't mean the same as hard work for me. Maybe hard work for you means that uh, I get up at uh, at 4 a.m. and I'm in the gym 4.30, I'm in the office at 5, I'm the first one. By the time people arrive at 9, I've already accomplished so much and I work from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., right? That sounds like hard work. That sounds like hard work. Someone else, for them, hard work means something else. Maybe for them, they say hard work for me is really understanding the personality of the people who I am uh, working with. So it's really hard work to do that. Every time someone new is employed, I go and try and find out their history. I have to sit with them, have lunch with them, trying to understand the psyche of this person, which I'm not a psychologist, but that's real hard work. But once I do that, then it makes my work easier. So, I mean, just two examples saying the same yeah. thing, but what does it mean for you? That's why um, there is a common theme, but mm -hmm. every chapter is unique in that they don't all agree. They may agree on the, on the terminology or the concept or the ideal, but what it means to them is not the same. Yeah. Okay, that's really loaded. And um, in closing, do you aspire to be a CEO? somebody writes about in the future? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all aspire to be. I mean, I do have a consulting company, so yes. you can't say I am a CEO, maybe not of South Africa's biggest companies, but I do lead an organization. And that's Absolutely. part of the reason why I think also people who are leading organizations, big or small, will find the book uh, interesting. So yeah, I mean, uh, yes, I would uh, very warmly accept a position in a business leadership uh, position, trying to use the insights that I've learned from others or that I've gleaned uh, in my career so far uh, for greater good. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to join me and um, to interact with me. I really hope the listeners have enjoyed. The CEO X Factor is available at all good bookstores, so go out and get your copy. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.